Yeah, it's Brass Monkeys in Salford. I don't know about where you are. It is Brass Blooming Monkeys. How are you doing this Wednesday? It's the 7th of December already. It is uh, in the year 2022. I'm Richie Allen. I'll be with you for the next couple of hours. Lots to talk about, as usual, between now and then. So much, so much, so much. You can join in via the website richieallen.co.uk. Comment live. Please speak to me, talk to me, shout at me during the programme. It is yours after all. And it's lovely, as usual, to be with you. To be with you lovely, so it is. Uncensored, unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yeah, it is absolutely freezing out there, and you and I say this every winter, and we do mean it. If you happen to pass somebody who's sleeping rough, and you do have a couple of quid in your pocket, get him or her something to eat or something to wear, or both if you can. All right? It's never more important than when it is as cold as this. I know it isn't as cold as it gets in other parts of the world, but it's pretty cold in these parts, and it will be for the next few days. So let's do what we can for rough sleepers and people who are down on their look at the moment. Okay, I'm not preaching. You know I'm not preaching. I, I practice. If I am preaching, I practice what I preach. So there, okay. Please talk to me. Comment live, richieallen.co.uk. Going to spend a little bit of time on my first topic, on the first item on the agenda today, on the news agenda. This might take a little bit of time. Why am I seeing? Ah, uh, yeah. Bullet points were flashing at me from yesterday. <laughs> it's a funny old thing, this broadcast centre that isn't more than a few weeks old or a couple of uh, a month or month and a half old now. I'm still getting used to it, but this is uh, where we're going to start. We will start with vaccines, and I do. I I really do hope. I've never had lofty ideas about the. What, what programmes like this one can, can change. I've never had lofty ideas about things like that. But, but I do hope that newer listeners who might have been persuaded by a friend or a brother or a sister or a son or daughter to listen, please do pay attention to, to what you're about to hear in the next few minutes because uh, I'm not going to be telling you any conspiracy theories. What you're going to hear is, is generally facts and you do need to know these facts. At least I think so anyway. So we're going to kick off with this. At Prime Minister's questions this afternoon, backbench Conservative Party MP Andrew Bridgen told the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, his colleague, they're in the same party, he told Sunak, did Bridgen, that the mRNA COVID jabs have caused more deaths and adverse events in the past 18 months then were caused by conventional vaccines worldwide in the past 50 years. Bridgen said... Thank you, Mr Speaker. Uh, there have been more reported deaths and adverse reactions uh, following mRNA vaccination in 18 months than there has been to every uh, conventional vaccine administered worldwide for the last 50 years. 
And given that mRNA vaccines are not recommended for pregnant women or those who are breastfeeding, would my right honourable friend overturn the big pharma-funded MHRA's recent recommendation that these uh, experimental vaccines are administered to children as, as young as six months of age? Yeah. Wow. The mRNA COVID jabs have killed more people, reportedly, and have caused more adverse events than the combined amount of deaths and adverse events in 50 years caused by conventional jabs. Just in case you didn't catch it, have a listen. Uh, there have been more reported deaths and adverse reactions uh, following mRNA vaccination in 18 months than there has been to every uh, conventional vaccine administered worldwide for the last 50 years. That's right. He then said to Sunak, would he reverse the big pharma-funded MHRA decision to jab six-month-old babies with some of these mRNA jabs? The MHRA is the Medicines and Healthcare Regulatory Agency. It is the, the regulator, effectively, for pharmaceutical products and medical products and whatnot. So pretty, pretty stunning stuff, right? What did the Prime Minister say in response, Rishi Sunak then? Uh, well, well, Mr. Speaker, let me first say that I believe COVID vaccines are indeed safe and effective. Uh, and, and you will note the cheers and whoops from the back benches, but also from the Labour Party benches. Now, Bridgen just explained to him how the COVID jabs the mRNA jabs are hardly safe, certainly not for everybody. Does he have anything at all to say about the fact that the mRNA jabs reportedly causing more injuries and deaths than the conventional jabs have done in the past 50 years? But, and no, no vaccine, COVID or otherwise, will be approved unless it meets the UK regulator standards. Yeah, yeah, but he just pointed out that the UK regulator, just like the other regulators around the world, are funded partly by the pharmaceutical companies they are required to regulate. Hardly, you could hardly say they are... Um, completely independent, right? Of safety, quality and effectiveness. Uh, we have an independent body. The JCVI determines which age groups the vaccine is recommended for use in as part of the vaccination programme. And of course, the ultimate decision will lie with parents. Yeah. And he left it at that. Of course, the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation, the JCVI, headed up, I think, by a guy called Adam Finn, is hardly independent either. It's hardly independent of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world or funding from people like Bill Gates and his ex-wife Melinda. And this is incredible stuff now. Just in case you missed it. Uh, there have been more reported deaths and adverse reactions uh, following mRNA vaccination in 18 months than there has been to every uh, conventional vaccine administered worldwide for the last 50 years. The UK's yellow card reporting system, the official route where somebody who believes they have been injured by a vaccine, the yellow card reporting system on gov.uk is the official route. There have been over 2,500 reports of death caused by a COVID jab in the UK and several hundred thousand reports of injuries. Now, we know that only a tiny percentage of people are likely to make a report, even if they have been injured. So let's say that 10% of those who have been injured have made a complaint or have made a report. It's, it's less than that, but let's say 10%. Well, then the real number of people killed 
could be far in excess of 10,000, maybe approaching 20,000. Why wouldn't you suspend the rollout? Now, a number of people mentioned on Twitter today, and they were quite right, and, and on Facebook, a number of people said, you know, it's a really rotten system when the man being asked the questions about the death and adverse, the death, death rates and adverse effects can just ignore it. There's no follow-up question by Bridge, and he doesn't get to say, hey, listen, what's going on? And of course, he isn't bailed out, Bridgen isn't bailed out by the next MP, who should really stand up and say, uh, hang on a second, Prime Minister, I was about to ask you a question about um, salting icy pavements in Cleethorpes, but I won't. Please answer the question made by your colleague, the question posed by your colleague, Andrew Bridgen. If it's true that the mRNA jabs have done allegedly far more damage in 18 months than all the other vaccines that came before it have done in 50 years. What the hell is going on? Wouldn't you be wise to suspend it and call for an inquiry and not say that the book stops with the JCVI because it doesn't. It stops with you. You are entitled to say, well, to hell with the JCVI, Bill and Melinda Gates' buddy Adam Finn, to hell with the MHRA June Rain, who, as we talked about on this programme many times, when she was asked by a parliamentary select committee to explain the role of the MHRI, to explain it, what do you do? She didn't say, well, I keep you alive. My job is to keep people alive and prevent them from coming into contact with medicines that might otherwise harm them. No, no, she didn't. June, the biggest shill that ever sat on a committee in her life, Rain, said, well, it's my job to provide access. It's my job to ensure that Big Pharma gets access to you with their deadly drugs that they test in third world countries when they pay a pittance to people, indigenous people, a fucking pittance, dollars for a day to take drugs in trials that often leaves people dead and maimed and then they go and they skew the data that comes out of those trials or they bury it and they put medicines on the market that kill people. And eventually, sometimes they get fined billions of pounds, but they've got so much money it doesn't matter. That's what June Rain should say. But June Rain said, I, I provide access. I give access to these companies. So, mRNA jabs, killing or injuring in 18 months, doing far more damage than the rest of the conventional vaccines did in 50 years. And Rishi Sunak stood there and said, safe and effective, with a straight face. I suppose we should give him a round of applause for that. That takes some acting skills. I dipped my toe into acting recently, and uh, it's, it's pretty difficult. It must be said. It's not easy. I, I thought Sunak's response was Oscar-worthy. I believe they're safe and effective, he said, with a big toothy grin. Yeah. But they're not effective because by their own admission, they don't work. They're not vaccines. They don't prevent you from coming down with squat. In fact, an mRNA jab is a leap and a fucking prayer, isn't it? Isn't it a leap and a fucking prayer? Take our jab and it may reduce your chances of becoming seriously unwell with COVID. May. A leap and a prayer. Stunning stuff. By Bridgen. And Sunak just ignored him. None of the other MPs scheduled to ask questions following Bridgen had the courage to say, yeah, I was due to ask you something now about asylum seekers, but I'll tell you what, I didn't know 
that the mRNA jabs are doing so much damage, or at least, uh, you know, maybe maybe they're not, but would you like to answer that? Would you at least assure Andrew Bridgen that you're going to look into it? But no. In fact, as was pointed out on social media, as Bridgen was standing there delivering the, the, the bombshell about the mRNA jabs, MPs around him were studying their feet. The bastards. We'll come back to them in a minute, all of them. Now, earlier this week, Gerard Rennick, an Australian politician who is a senator for Queensland and a member of the Liberal National Party of Queensland, uh, and he sits with the Liberal Party in federal parliament. That's a bloody mouthful anyway, right? So this is a, an Australian senator who sits with the Liberal Party in federal parliament. In federal parliament earlier this week, Gerard is it Gerard or Gerald? I think it's Gerard. Gerard Rennick stood up and said this in a debate. I really, really want you to pay attention to this. 10 million cases of COVID. Uh, the Australian Health Department, of course, stopped counting around September sometime because I think it was getting too embarrassing to admit that despite with over 20 million people being vaccinated, over half the country had caught COVID. Whatever happened to protecting you? Whatever happened... To protecting you. But we don't want to talk about that anymore. We'll just pull it off the website and not discuss it. We'll not discuss it. And then we've got the excess deaths that uh, Senator Babbitt talked about before. Uh, we had 8,706 extra deaths last year, despite the fact that New South Wales locked down for three months. So in theory, the deaths should have been lower, like they were in 2020. But let's not count 2021 in the ABS, ABS figures. Or sorry, 2020, they're not counting. Let's pretend nothing happened there. Almost 140,000 jab injuries, more than all the injuries reported from vaccines since 1971, more than all the injuries put together. You've got an injury rate that's three times higher, and yet the TGA don't want to look at the signal. Wow. Let's just listen to that last bit again before we find out who and what the TGA is. Almost 140,000 jab injuries. More than all the injuries reported from vaccines since 1971. Very similar to the UK. More than all the injuries put together. You've got an injury rate that's three times higher, and yet the TGA don't want to look at the signal. The TGA. You know what the TGA is? It's uh, Australia's um, medical watchdog, effectively. And it was, as far as I remember... Back as far as 2017, it was being accused by doctors and academics in Australia of being far too close to the pharmaceutical industry in that country. It's the Therapeutic Goods Administration, the TGA. Back in 2017, The Guardian published this. Australia's drugs and medical devices watchdog has denied it is too close to the industry or that receiving funding from health and medical companies is a conflict of interest after its independence was questioned by health experts. And it goes on in the article in 2017 to name some of them. On Monday, Dr Wendy Boynison from the University of Canberra's Health Research Institute told Fairfax Media that the TGA's industry funded model of regulation needed a complete overhaul including wait quote a clear break between the regulator and the parties they are trying to regulate so Gerard Rennick the senator in Queensland is saying all of this is going on people are reporting in their hundreds of thousands severe adverse reactions to the jabs the TGA doesn't want to know why because the TGA the watchdog the regulator 
tasked with protecting the people of Australia is in bed with the industry it's supposed to be regulating. It's amazing stuff, this, isn't it? And Rennick goes on to say more. The whole point of having a database where doctors report these injuries, where they tick the box suspected, and as the doctors say, they don't fill these forms out because they don't have the spare time, they don't have a lazy 20 or 30 minutes sitting around filling these forms out if someone uh, fell off a bike. No, no, they're ticking uh, these boxes because they believe that the vaccine caused the injury that they are reporting. And yet the uh, TGA want to pretend that there's nothing to see here. And why wouldn't they? Because Professor Skerritt is head of an organisation that is funded by Big Pharma. That is funded by Big Pharma. Now, if you want to talk about a conflict of interest, that's it. That's it. Simple as that. Let's hear a bit more from the senator from Queensland, Gerard Rennick. And these guys have no idea what they are talking about. I asked Professor Brendan Murphy, who was the chief health officer at the time, whether or not he'd actually read the non-clinical report into the Pfizer vaccine. Guess what? He hadn't read it. Despite that, he'd been saying for the last uh, a couple of days earlier that the spike protein wasn't in the blood. Well, had he read the report, he would have known that they never even tested the spike protein. That's true. And they would have also known that when they did the animal trials, that the report said there was no difference in lung inflammation between the placebo group and the vaccinated group after nine days. There was not one skerrick of evidence that showed that that vaccine was effective. But did anyone in this chamber right here, right now, actually read that report? I bet you not. But you all went out there and said it was safe and effective where you didn't have a clue what you were talking about. And shame on you. Because the law in this country, the law in this country, in the Australian Immunisation Register, says you cannot be coerced into taking a vaccine, number one, and number two, is that you need to be properly informed about what is in the vaccine. Now, you've got to dig very far to get to the bottom of this stuff, but that spike protein in the vaccine isn't even the same as the spike protein in the virus. No, 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 no. They've actually changed one of the nucleotides and they've actually got a synthetic gene in the vaccine. They've added 70 adene uh, uh, nucleotides to the polyatale, which is designed to make it last longer. It's designed to last longer. The mRNA in the trials was shown to last for up to nine days. The lipids were shown to last at least two days uh, and they stopped the trials, despite the fact that it doubled, it doubled. Yeah, listen to this, Senator Hanson Young. Despite the fact that the concentration of the lipids that are cationic, that are cationic, were doubled in the ovaries from day one to day two. You know what they did? They stopped the trial. And they're trying to shout him down in the background. Senators from other parties trying to shout him down as he's explaining how the jabs, the mRNA jabs, ultimately will ultimately make infections worse how when you are exposed in the future to whether it's another pathogen whether it's another illness another bug whatever you want to call it the body will begin to work against itself and they're shouting him down while he is citing irrefutable scientific facts stop the trial they stopped the trial and they went and told everyone that it just stays at the site of injection well that was a blatant lie if you want to talk about misinformation go and check out page 44 of the Pfizer non-clinical trial report, 
It's, it was released on the TGA-FIO disclosure log, 239-6. I've read it numerous times. And guess what? You should also read the top paragraph of page 8 that says that the studies suggest that the spike protein can be either inserted into the membrane or secreted from the cell. Now, what does that tell you? I'll tell you what that tells you. It tells you that rather than actually killing the actual pathogen, which is what a normal vaccine would have done, this particular vaccine goes inside your cell, takes over the reproduction, the ribosomes, which is what produces the uh, protein, and then starts producing more of the toxic substance. That is not the name of the game. You would want to actually kill the virus. You do not want to reproduce it. And of course, Senator, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Brendan Murphy, the Chief Health Officer, claims that there's nothing to worry about. He never read the document. Never read the documents. We'll hear another clip from this guy, Gerard Rennick, who is a, a senator in Queensland, Australia, Liberal Party, and uh, this is really interesting. And then we've got Professor Kelly. Of course, he came out and made the bold statement that it stops transmission. Well, he was lying because the FDA came out in December 20 and said that there was no evidence that the vaccine stopped transmission. What's really interesting about this, I'll stop him there, we saw this in the UK, we saw it in Ireland. We saw elected officials, people elected to national parliaments, going on television and radio and telling people things about the vaccines that they did not know to be true or to be false because they had not read the documentation. Now, that's astonishing, isn't it? It's, it's unsurprising. It is wholly unsurprising to you and to me. But you had people, sometimes very aggressively, even radio presenters, television presenters, Piers Morgan, James O'Brien on LBC, calling people idiots, humiliating them on national television and radio. When people were saying this stuff, when people, ordinary people like you and me were saying, hang on, hang on, uh, I'm hearing that these things might make things worse. I'm hearing that these things don't stop transmission. I'm hearing that these things don't stop me um, even getting it in the first place. And they were called idiots. And politicians were telling people they were idiots when they hadn't read the data. Wow. And when I pressed him on it, there's no trials to show that there's any IGA in the mucosal system. Okay, you don't have to take my word for it. Go and speak to Robert Clancy, Australia's foremost immunologist and vaccinologist. Okay, he's retired. You can trust this guy. He's not on the take from Big Pharma or the big universities that aren't actually interested in research. They're just interested in lining their own pockets. With the money of Bill and Melinda Gates and others. And then, of course, we've got the vaccine injury scheme, which is just... A joke. And today and last night and day after day for the last 15 months, I get contacted by people who have had their lives destroyed by this vaccine. A vaccine that the government said was safe and effective. And if that isn't bad enough, that they, these people, and I'm looking at you people in this chamber here today, didn't read the documents, that took over someone else's body because it suited your narrative, your command and control narrative, you showed no humanity. No humanity. There are people out there that have not only injured, they have lost their jobs and they cannot get medical support to help them. There are husbands and wives of injured couples who've had to quit their jobs to stay home 
and look after those people who are, are being injured are an incredible amount of pain. And the fact that you're interjecting Senator Hanson Young just goes to show the type of person you are. How Senator dare Lenny. you come into Senator this Lenny. chamber? How dare Senator you Lenny. come into this chamber Senator and start Lenny. mocking Lenny. the vaccine injured? Senator Waters, now, your point of order. Green's Senator Rennick, please sit down. Order. Se Senator Waters. Point of order reflecting on another senator as well as being odious and tedious. <laughs> Not the second part. Senator Rennick, just withdraw to the extent that you, you made an adverse inference. Adverse. Inference. Well, the fact that the Greens Party can sit in that corner over there and mock and laugh the vaccine injured. These people aren't anti-vaxxers. They believed what the government told them, as I, as I did when I first came to this place. But I can tell you what, it's nothing but a, a cesspit of lies in this place. Cesspit of lies. Gerard Rennick addressing federal parliament in Australia. Queensland senator. Amazing stuff, that. Amazing, really. And you had, you had Andrew Bridgen in Westminster today pointing out to the Prime Minister of this country that um, evidence is emerging that in 18 months alone the mRNA COVID jabs are responsible for more death and more injury or injuries than the combined total of previous vaccines in a 50-year period. Wow. Let's um, stay with this just for a few more minutes because I think it's interesting and it's very important, I think. I watched a bit of GB News this morning for a change. Beverly Turner was on there. I didn't realise she had a programme there, but she does. I thought she was a guest presenter, but it seems she's got a show there. Beverly Turner. She had Sonia Elijah on. Sonia Elijah is an investigative journalist who writes a lot for the conservative woman. She was very interesting. Here's Sonia Elijah talking about how the MHRA, that's the regulator here in the UK, how it came to approve the COVID jabs for babies as young as six months old. This is Sonia Elijah. You should be hearing Sonia. Um, I just would like to say the MHRA is far from an independent regulator. 100% of their funding for regulating medicines comes from directly from the pharmaceutical industry. Um, using uh, the chief exec's own words, this is Dr. June Rain, she said the MHRA has moved from watchdog to the enabler. Watchdog to enabler. Again, I, I couldn't believe when June Rain said this. She said she said enabler to somebody else. She said she was there to provide access to pharma when she appeared before a parliamentary committee. Enabler. Is, isn't it absolutely vaudevillian for a woman who has been given the job to make sure the drugs do not harm the people of this country? that when she was asked what it is you do, she didn't say that I robustly and vigorously examine every drug that comes into the country to make sure it's safe for human consumption. She said she's an enabler and she's there to provide access. It's astonishing stuff, this. And they have, this is their decision, the decision they made yesterday is the epitome of that. They have enabled the pharmaceutical industry to reap uh, immense profits from really what I would say financially their most successful product ever. Um, and clearly the standards have been dropped so low um, that um, in my own research, I know looking at the Pfizer documents that were released by FOIA request, 
that no genotoxicity studies were done, no carcinogenicity studies were done, no safety pharmacology studies were done. Um, we know that the lipid nanoparticles travel all around the body. They go to the spleen, the liver, the ovaries, the testes. Um, it is alarming what you find when you're digging through the data. Um, the MRHA has failed in their duty uh, in promoting and protecting the public's health. I believe the public have been lied to when it comes to the safety and effic uh, uh, efficacy of these vaccines. I hope you understood every word of that. The sound problem with um, with um, her mic, with, so with Sonia's mic, that's a GB News issue. It was very echoey, right? But you heard it clearly there. Cover-ups, um, no pharmacology studies, no car... I can't pronounce the word. No car... No, no studies on whether it can lead to cancer. No studies, no studies. It gets passed. It gets passed. It gets recommended for six-month-old children. And the government of this country and the government of my country, Ireland, gave them granted immunity from prosecution to the companies she's speaking about there. So not only did the regulators fall asleep at the wheel or did they turn their backs because they were told to turn their backs. That isn't bad enough. The governments then said to these companies, don't worry about your drugs killing people. This is an emergency. We understand that. Uh, we'll give you immunity from, from prosecution. We will give you, we will indemnify you against it. Now on the very same programme, Beverly Turner, just for a bit of balance, spoke to a doctor called Dr. Chris Smith. In fact, just seconds after she heard from the investigative journalist Sonia Elijah, she spoke to Dr. Chris Smith. You will hear Bever Beverly Turner first. I, th I think there's very little to pick holes in. I think 85% of the funding of the MHRA comes from pharmaceutical companies. That is very well documented now. It's a fact, is what it is. Now, Chris, if I can come to you. If this was a, an illness which was perilously dangerous to babies... We might say on the balance of probability, look, we don't have the long-term data yet. We don't know. There are signals. There are injuries which are very well documented. But the children need this. These newborn babies, effectively six months, you're tiny. They need this because they need to be protected. They don't need to be protected anymore, do they, Chris? And possibly never did. Uh, in my role as a doctor, we don't do anything to anybody unless it's absolutely in their best interests. And there are patients of a number of ages, including babies as young as six months, that if they catch this new coronavirus that causes COVID-19, it could be serious for them. And so what this legislation effectively does is it says that doctors like myself and my colleagues who care for paediatric cases in hospital can, if they feel it's in the patient's interest, legitimately use this agent in those children in order to protect them from infection. It's not mandating that everybody gets this infection or this vaccination rather. It's not saying you have to do this. What it's saying is that you can legitimately in a licensed capacity give this agent 
if you think it's in the patient's best interest using your independent, impartial, expert goal role as a doctor. So and that's if you, quite different so, from so it, dictating that everyone has to have something or saying this is what we're mandating for the public. The role of the MHRA is merely to appraise evidence and then to say whether or not on the basis of the evidence presented to them that they feel some course of treatment is safe. And yes, yes, you dipstick. But the evidence being presented to the MHRA is coming from the very companies who want to get the drug passed. And if, as we know, 85% of the funding for MHRA comes from Big Pharma, how could the public possibly trust the MHRA? to give a balanced and objective view as to whether the drug is safe or not. This is laughable stuff by Chris Smith. And therefore, under certain circumstances, may be used. So have you seen evidence, Chris, where you would say there is sufficient numbers of babies between the ages of six months and four who are dying from COVID-19 that, that if a parent came into your surgery and asked this, you'd give it to them? Uh, I, I'm not a GP, I'm a hospital virologist and so I go on ward rounds on a weekly basis and I visit the paediatric intensive care unit and over the course of the last two years we have sadly lost children to this infection. Now I don't know if, if they'd been vaccinated beforehand it would have changed the outcome for them but it's possible that it could have done. What but this just is to be really clear, I think what's really well, important... Well, I mean, you've, you know, hang on, hang on, the other lady went on for ages. Um, you've given me precisely a fraction of the time she had. No, that's not true. You've had quite a good say there. Um, if my colleagues who are in that paediatric intensive care unit or are caring for patients who have inherited immune problems or, or issues that, that mean that they can't fight off infections very well. If they feel it's in the best interest of a child to be protected against a range of infections, including this one, then I think it's reasonable that on the balance of evidence that they're allowed to do that in a way that means that they're doing it legitimately and not in an off-license way, which might leave them exposed. What a load of nonsense from Chris Smith. Bombshell stuff, eh? 26 and a half minutes to the top of the hour. I've written about the Andrew Bridgen thing. It's on the website richieallen.co.uk. I, I haven't been able to grab a little bit of a, a sound bite or a bit of video, which would, which, which would have been ideal for the article. But do share it around with people. You know, people need to need, need to know this stuff because they're ramping up as we speak. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you or someone you know will be getting the text messages now from the GP. Come and have your COVID booster. Come and have your flu jab at the same time. They need to understand this stuff. This isn't conspiracy theory. You know, the media is doing its absolute best to make sure that this isn't getting out there. I suppose you could say today anyway, GB, New GB News being uh, the exception, right? Today, I'm not endorsing GB News, far, far from it, but people are not being exposed to this information. It's um, time for a, a little break. I'm going to take, take a piece of music now. When I come back, I'll be reading your comments. You've left a lot of comments on the website, richieallen.co.uk, so please uh, continue to do that. It's comment live. And then we'll go and talk about something equally as horrifying, and that is assisted dying, which is on its way to the UK next year. Been writing about that on the website as well. It is um, Mondays. It isn't. Jesus, Richie. It's Wednesdays. Talk about the mainstream media telling you lies, eh? It's Wednesday, the 7th of December 2022. I'm Richie Allen, your BBG. This is Boy Meets Girl. Lots more to come. 
on this particular program. Thanks for staying with me. It's great to be with you. Colds, seasonal flu and respiratory diseases, a nuisance, but we all get them. Now more than ever, it is essential to have a robust immune system. Inspired by the Zelenko Protocol, Immunex 365 is a unique formulation that combines effective levels of vitamins D3, C and K2, as well as zinc and quercetin. Take back your health with just two capsules of Immunex 365 every day. As a special launch offer to UK listeners of The Richie Allen Show, you will receive a discount of 15% by using the code RichieAllen365 at checkout. Go to immunex365.co.uk to get yours now and with free two-day track delivery. It's the BBG, not the BBC. This is your Richie Allen Show, live from the magnificent city of Salford. Welcome back. A number of you pretty stunned by Gerard Rennick in Queensland and his intervention in federal parliament earlier this week. Yes, it's pretty strong stuff, really. I think the thing that moved me more than anything was the indifferent or mocking response, in some cases mocking, and sarcastic response that he received from his uh, senatorial colleagues around, around the chamber there. Crazy stuff, isn't it? Chris says, well done to Andrew Bridgen. I'm just writing to him to congratulate him and to encourage him to keep asking the questions, Sunak was made to look a fool by Bridgen. These people are now, let's hope, going to come under intense pressure. Yes. Mm. Brian came on to say he's thought for a while that this situation we're in is a deadly test of compliance. Only the strong will survive, he says. Yeah, Craig says, to get this infection, sorry, this vaccine, I'd call that a Freudian slip from Dr. Chris Smith. I noticed that too, Craig. And Smith wasn't or isn't the first doctor or physician or scientist to make a similar slip. We've heard a few of them, haven't we, over the years. Uh, Herself says, doctors licensed to kill little babies on a whim. But again, the thing I'm interested in as much as anything is... How many doctors, and we'll never know the answer to this, how many doctors are genuinely suspicious? Suspicious is a is not the correct term to use. I wonder how many doctors think, well, this doesn't seem right to be giving this jab to the babies, considering the mortality around COVID, considering that COVID doesn't do an awful lot to to babies. I wonder how many doctors think that, but go on to administer the jab anyway. You know? Some doctors might think, well, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. I've got Mary here. She's got baby Celine here. Beautiful little Celine. And she's like, give Celine the the COVID jab, please, doctor. And the doctor thinks he, he or she, let's not be misogynistic, the doctor thinks, well, I don't think there's any point in giving this jab to the baby. But then the doctor might think, well, imagine something happens to the baby and they come looking for me. If I give the jab to the baby and something happens, and the outcome won't be as bad for me as if I don't give the jab and the baby later gets sick, seriously sick, or passes away. Do you get what I'm saying? 
So I wonder how many doctors think, this, there's no need for this whatsoever. But I'll cover my arse, I'll say nothing, and I will give the jab. But of course, they're not obtaining informed consent from the mother, are they? Because if you, as a physician, have a moment's hesitation about the necessity of administering such a jab to the baby, surely it is incumbent on you to say, well, I tell you what, Mary, it's really up to you, but I'm not sure that young Celine needs it. So I don't know what to think about that. You will tell me, no doubt. So the window cleaner is on saying, I'm sick of hearing this mantra, safe and effective, from the government and from pharma. There isn't any such thing as safe and effective because no medication or vaccine is ever safe for everyone or effective for everyone. It can be deadly for one person, but just ineffective for someone else. Yes, and there is a third possibility that it might work for a third person. Now, in terms of the COVID jabs, I don't believe, and I must again say that I'm not qualified to to give an expert opinion on this. I'm not. But a journalistic opinion, yes, I am. I do not believe for a minute that the COVID jabs are effective for anybody. They're not. By their own admission, they don't do very much. By their own admission. And of course, all the evidence is that they do. It's not that they they don't do very much in terms of protecting and preventing transmission. But in fact, all the evidence is, is that for some people, maybe a lot of people, the jabs could be catastrophic for them further down the line. Marcus says, Richie, I'm having an awful day, he says. Uh, he's going to lose his cat this week. Little Tiger is moving house. He's broken, he says. And then he says, would love WA cat fan to take on my little amazing... Marcus, you know what you're going to have to do? I'm not going to say it. Patrizia says, I suggest that many people out there who push this evil are now terrified that the masses will revolt after learning the injections are lethal in many cases. Edwina says, on Gerard Rennick, he's great and he's so persistent. The Green Party MP's response to this was disgusting. It was disgusting, Edwina. Yeah, I'll give you that. No doubt about it. David says, Fauci's daughter was working for Twitter during the pandemic, ensuring that information was being controlled and vested interest groups had a backdoor access to suspend any accounts they wanted to shut down. This is the Musk Twitter files releases, David, isn't it? Where they admit that the FBI was telling Twitter, basically, who to promote and who to shadow ban and who to kick off effectively. Yeah, yeah, democracy, yeah. Absolutely right. Pandora says that the Medicines and Healthcare Regulatory Agency, the MHRA, the regulator in the UK, um, wrote to someone admitting that they never read the Pfizer docs beyond the basic data sheet. I would be very surprised, Pandora, if that was true. These people are not stupid. I doubt for... Listen, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I doubt the regulator acknowledged to someone that they didn't read the documents. Um, But then, who knows? I mean, it's not as if the mainstream media is going to pick up on it, is it? And run with it. Uh, Of course not. David says, wow, exactly what we've been speaking about for the past two years, says David. He's referring to Bridgen in England, of course, and Rennick in Australia. Uh, Let me just go back a page or two. 
The website's becoming a bit difficult for me to load. There is a lot of traffic at present. There usually is on the live show, so forgive me for that. But I want to move on anyway. Look at the time. It's already 13 and a half minutes to the top of the hour. It's Tuesdays, Richie. It's Wednesdays. Holy mother. You know, you'd forgive me if I came on pissed getting the day wrong as often as I do. I don't know what bloody day. One day bleeds into the next in the media. You don't know what's going on from one day to the next. Gaz says that's a brave MP, Andrew Bridgen. The problem is people will just dismiss him and listen to the so-called experts. Yes. Agreed. Vicky says one of the MPs sitting behind Andrew Bridgen said tin foil hat. Just in case you, you, you've come late to the programme, here is the question put to Rishi Sunak today at Prime Minister's Questions by his own backbench MP, the Conservative MP, Andrew Bridgen. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Uh, there have been more reported deaths and adverse reactions uh, following mRNA vaccination in 18 months than there has been to every uh, conventional vaccine administered worldwide for the last 50 years. And given that mRNA vaccines are not recommended for pregnant women or those who are breastfeeding, would my right honourable friend overturn the big pharma-funded MHRA's recent recommendation that these uh, experimental vaccines are administered to children as, as young as six months of age? Yeah. Tin file hat, did you hear it there? Tin file hat, somebody shouted at, at, at Bridgen. I don't lie when I say that I'm not a violent person, but what, what I should really say is that I'm no longer a violent person. There was a time when if you push me hard enough, I, I, I would go um, I would go far, and oft, not often, but sometimes too far. I'd have to be pushed pretty hard now. There are things I'd like to do to these people, you know. I never would do, given the opportunity, and I would never incite it, and I would have nothing to do with you if you did it. Violence is not the answer. But I sit there sometimes and I listen to them, and I fantasise about what I would do to them, given the chance. I mean, these are traitors, these people. These are the most vile creatures ever to walk upright on two legs, aren't they? Aren't they, these bastards? As Gerard Rennick said, these fuckers who didn't read anything, couldn't be arsed to read the Pfizer-dropped docs, couldn't be arsed to listen to some of the men and women we've had on this show over the years, preeminent academics, couldn't be arsed, but demanded that their constituents take dangerous, often deadly medicines, threatened to take their jobs away from them. And they did this in England as well. They did this in England, threatened to make it compulsory for care home workers and for NHS staff, nurses and whatnot. Well, they didn't bother their hairy arses to investigate whether these things were were harmful or not. Just listen to bridging again here. This is true, by the way. Uh, there have been more reported deaths and adverse reactions uh, following mRNA vaccination in 18 months than there has been to every uh, conventional vaccine administered worldwide for the last 50 years. And Sunak said... Well, well, Mr Speaker, let me first say that I believe COVID vaccines are indeed safe and effective. Uh, 
and that shower of shit behind him screaming, yeah. I'd love to put Rishi Sunak into a Saw movie. Saw 7 or something. One of these rooms where he's chained to the ground and a rotating saw is coming right between his legs. That's what I'd love to do. I make no bones about that. Free speech and everything. Now, I wouldn't see that happen to Sunak because I believe that if we ever become violent, first of all, it's what they want anyway. And I do, but I know you don't agree with this. It's one of the things they, one of their desired outcomes is that people start taking to the streets with baseball bats and chair legs and monkey wrenches and whatnot. That's what they want so that they can brutally suppress it and terrorise the absolute bejesus out of the rest of the population. Violence is not the answer, but I, I fantasise. I'd love five minutes in a room with Rishi Sunak. Honest to God. Just leave it there, Richie. I'll leave it there. I won't say any more about him. It's eight and a half minutes to the top of the hour. He knows these jabs are not safe and are not effective. He knows it. And yet he would stand on his watch and see six-month-old babies be injected with that toxic pus and shit which could wreck them. Knowing what Bridgen said is absolutely true. What are we going to do, though? You know, people like us, what are we going to do? Are we just going to try and live in a parallel way with these lunatics while their dystopian technocratic society is rolled out? Is that really all that's left for us? I think it kind of is, and I'm not a... I've never been one of those... You know, I, I don't want to put down your rebellion. I'm not trying to tell people, don't do anything. You do whatever you bloody want. I mean, I've done as much as I can do. I've resigned myself to just trying as best as I can to live as outside the reach of their tentacles as much as I can. That's how I've been thinking about it for about a year and a half. And I've kind of made my peace with it. You know, I've, I've come to accept that they're going to roll this out. It could be a, a long... Humanity could be set for a pretty bleak time. It doesn't mean that at some time in the future that we won't, that humanity will not rise up and become something better and, and overthrow this system, these people. But I think we're in for a bit of it for a while, I think. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. You know, how many people have come on this show since I returned in mid-October and said, you know what, Richie? There is no attempt any longer to conceal this, to mask this. It's out in the open now. They don't give a shit now. You've got MPs now saying, listen, these jabs have killed and injured more people in an 18-month period than the conventional non-mRNA jabs have killed and injured in 50 years. Just out there. Nobody gives a shit. Back in the 70s, they stopped the rollout of a, of, of a swine flu jab in America. Because there were about six fatalities. People panicked, quite rightly, panicked. and said, oh, Jesus, hang on, what's going on? Stop it. Take it off the market. Let's have another look at that. Now, a guy can say, these jabs are killing people, Prime Minister. I believe the jabs to be safe and effective. But they're killing people. <laughs> but they're killing people. It's five minutes to the top of the hour. Should I take another tune before I carry on? Because... 
this next bit's going to take a little bit of time as well. I want to talk about assisted dying. Christ, you're cheering us up today, Paddy. I know, I know. But it's serious stuff today. Laughs. Most of the time, we have a laugh in the monologue most of the time. But today it's serious stuff. Leave a comment for me, please, at richieallen.co.uk. That's richieallen.co.uk. I believe most of what happens is done to gaslight people and also to set people against one another. Even the very fact that Sunak is the Prime Minister. Rishi Sunak is an Indian. He's an Indian, like Leo Varadkar is an Indian in Ireland. Now, I couldn't give a shit what culture warriors or social justice warriors think about that. I'm a humanitarian to my bone. I don't have a racist bone in my body. Rishi Sunak is is a British citizen. Of course he is. He's absolutely every right to be here. He's every right to live and work here. His parents came here years ago. He was born here. He is a British citizen. He's not a Brit though, is he? He's not English though, is he? Can you imagine if my parents went to went to, I don't know, anywhere, India, Pakistan, in the 1970s. I was born in 1974. And I was born in India. Imagine it. Pakistan or even in Nepal or somewhere like that, right? Out I came. Imagine if I grew up in that country and claimed to be Indian. Or if I claimed to be from Pakistan, if I claim to be a Pakistani, they'd laugh at me and say, you're an Irishman, Richie. You're a citizen, maybe, of this country, but you're not Indian, you're not Pakistani. Rishi Sunak is Indian. The mayor of London is Pakistani. Absolutely a British citizen, every right to it, and congratulations and all the very best. But they're not British. And, 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 and I have a feeling, I can't evidence this, I cannot evidence this at all. I have no proof of it. And it's probably bollocks like much of what I say is. But this stuff happens to wind people up. Not just to wind up the genuine thugs on the far, far right. No. But to wind everybody else up. Because it just makes no sense, does it? I mean, even take last year. You look across at the front bench. You know, Boris Johnson's front bench. Every second person on it was a person of colour. Of Asian or, or African heritage. And I can't prove any of this. It's just me riffing. I'm just riffing at the moment, right? But that's got to be to wind people up, hasn't it? Because if you accept as a point of fact, and I think it is a point of fact, that politicians are nothing but whores, every one of them, for an agenda. They are front men, actors, pretending to hold the reins of power, uh, pretending to to legislate for the country to to make law to introduce legislation when when in reality it's another it, it's 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 an agenda that comes from somewhere else they deliver it and pretend that it is theirs so if you accept that as a point of fact of course it doesn't matter a damn anyway whether it's an all white government or whether every single one of them is black or from India or from Pakistan. It doesn't matter. So I accept that. It's probably probably ridiculous of me to be even talking about this. But um, you just look at it and you think it's meant to agitate people, to wind them up. You know, this guy Sunak is married to a billionaire. His old man is, is, is embedded in the transhumanist technocratic agenda, isn't he? 
He's old man, the digital IDs and all of that. And there's Rishi, the billionaire, telling people they'll have to just uh, put on an extra jumper and turn off all the heat around the house and freeze your fucking arse off. There's Rishi with his big Indian head on him. <laughs> you know, I've got a big paddy head on me, right? Right? Before the, the snowflakes start crying bigotry or racism or xenophobia. Don't have a xenophobic bone in my fucking body. All of this stuff is done to wind people up. Look at him, Sajid Javid, that fucking idiot. My father was a bus driver, he came here from Pakistan. Yeah, and you're sitting there with your big baldy head in you. And people are looking at this stuff thinking, what the fuck? It's like that line from Anarchy in the UK, you know? I know I know, Anarchy in the UK is an ironic song. I know that. I'm not stupid. Johnny Lydon isn't a racist. Wasn't a racist when that song was written. But um, I thought this was the UK. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm a migrant. I'm an immigrant here. I don't care. I've said it a thousand times. I would do what the Albanians do. If I was in India in the 1950s, I'd have packed a bag and came over here. I've no time for for racism. For people who dislike people or or think people are less lesser than just because they're um, from a mixed race background or from another ethnic background. I've no time for that shit. No lefty really does to their bone marrow. But you look at them, all of them, and of course I left out that dipstick Zahawi, didn't I? Nadim Zahawi, who's, what is he now? What is he now? He's not education, is he? What is he now? Is he education? You know, Suella Braverman. It's just laughing at people, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? Or have I just gone down a crazy rabbit hole? You tell me. You know better than I do. The time is coming up for a minute past six. That's probably the closest you'll ever get to a racist rant on the Richie Allen Show. And of course it wasn't racist. This is Mary J. Blige on your Richie Allen Show. Mary J. Blige, Family Affair on your Richie Allen Show, back in 40 seconds. Cold, seasonal flu and respiratory diseases. We all get them. Never before have your body's defences been under such constant attack. Now more than ever, it's essential to have a robust immune system. Inspired by the Zelenko Protocol, Immunex 365 is a unique formulation that combines effective levels of vitamins D3, C and K2, as well as zinc and quercetin. Immunex 365 has been specifically formulated to maximise the effect of each ingredient giving your immune system an optimum boost. Take back your health with just two capsules of Immunex 365 every day. UK listeners of The Richie Allen Show can use their special 15% discount code RICHIEALLEN365 at checkout. Go to immunex365.co.uk to get yours now. Now with two-day track delivery free. Ask not what the BBG can do for you, but what you can do for the BBG. Support The Richie Allen Show now at richieallen.co.uk. Welcome back. It's six minutes, nearly six minutes past six o'clock. It is um, a Wednesday. I've done it for the third time. Now, that's early onset dementia. It must be. want to give a big wave to a great man. I don't use such terms often, certainly not loosely. The great Spiro Skouras is in the house. He's listening in. How you doing, pal? Hope all is well with you. Check out Spiro if you haven't before. Activistpost.com. You'll find him on YouTube as Spiro Skouras. Listen, snowflakes. 
a lot of what I said before was tongue firmly in cheek. Of course, it's absolutely right and proper that somebody runs for MP and that might eventually become a Secretary of State or the Prime Minister, regardless of their heritage. Of course, I have no problems with that whatsoever. The question I was posing was, I wonder, have we seen it manipulated a little bit from time to time to wind people up? That's the point I was making. And when I say with his big Indian head on him, that's an Irish thing, all right? I said, I have a big, ugly, paddy head on me. Who am I to be throwing stones at somebody's looks? Nobody is the answer. Irony is lost on some, it would appear, this particular Wednesday. It's telling me, we'll come back to Spiro in a minute, it's telling me that it's snowing outside now, outside BBG Towers. I hope it isn't. I hate the snow, for many reasons, but for the most part... It um, becomes a bit tricky when you're out in the morning running and all of that. Your comments next before we move on to something else. I've I've tried to delay moving on to the next thing because it's so effing depressing, dear listener. Do you understand me? (laughs) Marvellous. Chris reckons he's becoming a complete anti-vaxxer. These mRNA jabs seem to be designed to deliver a decade of severe illness and death for the poor sods that got duped into taking it. And looking back at Dr. Judy Mikovits, uh, she was more or less saying, despite being an insider, that's precisely what vaccines are designed to do. Provide a constant flow of new illnesses to treat. You're absolutely right. Baird has come on to say, uh, I love hearing a big sweary Richie rant followed by a song like Family Affair by Mary J. Blige. Have I missed something ironic there, have I? Is it that Mary is a woman of colour? I don't know. Comment live. Do it to me. RichieAllen.co.uk So much to talk about. Loads more audio too, I think. It's just mad today. I could have done two shows today. There's so much going on. I'm waiting for the page to load. I'll tell you why the website's a bit slow now. Because a couple of famous people and wouldn't it be nice to be famous just for a few minutes just to see what it was like? Just for a few minutes, like. I couldn't bear you know, fame like. I remember walking around London with a couple of famous people over the years and uh, yeah, I'd get fed up of it. People coming up to you all the time so I wouldn't like that. But just for five minutes I'd like to be famous. Um, some fa- some famous people have shared my article about, about uh, Andrew Bridgen and it's been read a few thousand times in a few minutes and that's why the website is taking a bit of time to load. So apologies. Kiki says, you're right, Rich, if the powers that be can spin, subjugate and deceive us to our faces and we still do not rise up, then they will keep going until it is too late. Diane says, Javid looks like the hood from Thunderbirds. Maybe that is who the hood was moulded on, retrospectively, says Diane. (laughs) It could be. (laughs) Maybe if the creator of the Thunderbirds, is it Jerry Anderson? Don't shout at me now. I'm not a geek like Diane. You're a geek, Diane. I bet you go to the Comic-Con conventions, Diane. I bet you do. Like my friend Michael from Fallowfield. Lovely Michael. Goes to all the Comic-Con conventions. Doesn't get dressed up, mind. So I give him that much. He doesn't go in like an Egypt wearing a Spider-Man costume. He dresses up like himself and goes in. Uh, Comic-Con. Noel says, Richie, doctors don't have to take the Hippocratic Oath anymore. I think you're bang on, Noel. I think I read that somewhere during the whole nonsense first lockdown. I think you're absolutely right. They don't take that 
and forced do no harm oath. Yeah. Kelly says, I totally agree with you, Richie, but that was a while ago, so I don't know exactly what Kelly is agreeing with. But it could be the positioning of ethnic minorities in key government and opposition positions just to piss people off. <laughs> because I'll tell you what, dear listener, if I was one of the baddies, that's the sort of thing I would do. Let's really piss them off now. Let's make the entire cabinet, not the entire, let's make two-thirds of it women and ethnic minorities, but let's make the women ethnic minorities too. And let's make some of the women lesbians. <laughs> let's do that. And we'll properly piss them off. And while they're arguing on social media, calling each other racists and homophobes because the cabinet is full of lesbians and black and brown people, we'll just carry on with the Great Reset, old chum. You know, we'll just carry on with the Great Reset. That's what I would do, yeah. More black people in the cabinet. Go on. Jesus. All right, I'm moving on. I know you've left me thousands of comments. I know, but I'm moving on. This is serious. No, I'm not moving on. Spiro. Thank you. Spiro Skouras. I did see this today. Uh, I wasn't going to bring it up because it's just so depressing. Many of you who have listened to the programme for many years will know we've talked a lot about forced adoption in the UK. The state using something known as social services, local authorities, coming to take away children for often spurious or very dubious reasons. Stealing children, putting them in foster care. Uh, it's a billion pound a year industry in the UK. Yes, yes, I've spoken to women over the years whose children were taken because at one time in her young life, the woman was into drugs. Not anymore, mind. Has been in recovery for a long time. But you might be, you know, the baby is at risk of future emotional harm. Uh, the mother having certain opinions about things. Stealing children. Yeah, yeah. It happens. It happens all the time. It's happened today. No doubt about that. Spiro says to me, come here, Richie. He said, did you see that story in New Zealand about how a baby has been taken into the custody of a court. A court has taken guardianship over a baby because the parents didn't want the baby to be given blood in a blood transfusion that had been taken from somebody who had had a COVID jab. The parents said, okay, the baby needs a transfusion. Of course, we accept that. We would prefer that the blood came from an unvaccinated person. Have you seen this? I'm sure you have. Um, I don't think in light of what's coming out about the vaccines, which are not vaccines, and the damage they're doing to people, and all the other things you know about vaccines, shedding and all of that, I don't think it's unusual or unreasonable for the family to say, listen, yeah, please give the little boy, who hasn't been named, of course, please give him the blood he needs, but we would prefer it doesn't come from a vaccinated person. So they've taken the baby away from the parents. This is in Auckland. A high court in Auckland ruled that this was appropriate. The, the, the court heard testimony from a bloke working at the university, an immunologist, who said that the blood posed, wait for it, no vaccinated blood contained no safety concerns. And while there would be antibodies in the blood, it was, quote, exceedingly unlikely any vaccine would be present. Exceedingly unlikely. But that's not a guarantee, is it? So the parents are well within their rights to say, you can't guarantee me that the vaccine won't be transmitted to the baby. You might say it's unlikely, but you can't prove it. 
But the uh, judges said, no, the parents are crazy. We will take guardianship of the child. Jesus. They're going to hold on to the guardianship until the child is given the blood that he needs for the issue that he is suffering with. And later on, I think they're going to give the child back to the parents. Yeah. We live in a lunatic asylum, but that's just a cliche. It's too easy to say that. Let's move right along. It's fast approaching quarter past the hour. Now, I did post about this on my website today. Tom Leonard has written in the Daily Mail what I can only describe as a chilling report on euthanasia in Canada. Have you seen this? Please, I would like your opinions. Because I hadn't a clue until this morning that 10,000 people were euthanized in Canada last year. And if that doesn't sound mad enough, I can tell you that is over 3% of all deaths in Canada. Jesus Christ, right? And that was a 33% increase on the previous year. So about 6,500 people my mathematics is brutal, so if this is wrong, feel free to laugh at me. But somewhere between six and 7,000 the year before, and then up to 10,000. And this guy has written, Tom Leonard, that the scary thing about this is because, as you know, dear listener, and as I know, Canada is about to begin allowing people to die exclusively for mental health reasons. Yes, yes, I... I can't go on anymore. I've had enough. But you're only 52 and things have been very bad in your life, but we can get you back on your feet. I can come and sit with you. I can be your friend. I can help you readjust, get back into society. No, no, I want to kill myself. Okay. That's how it's going to be in Canada. That's not an exaggeration, by the way. And in this article written by Tom Leonard in the Mail Online, wait till I tell you this. Let me bring it up. Only last week, and I saw a news report on this on Saturday. I was going to mention this on Sunday Morning Melodies and then I thought better of it. Not the place for it. But um, only last week, a jaw-dropping story emerged of how five years into an infuriating battle to get a stairlift for her house a Canadian Army veteran called Christine Gauthier, a woman, by the way, who competed in the Paralympics for Canada, was offered the possibility, she was given the alternative, after campaigning to get a stairlift for her home to improve the quality of her life, a government official said to her that if she liked, they could put her in touch with medical assistance in dying. I've had enough of this fucking woman's letters and emails about that stairlift. John, John, will you deal with this woman, Christine? I've had a fuck enough of her now with the stairlift. And um, Bill, you can always tell her that if she's getting fed up with everything, she can have assistance in dying. She testified in front of a committee of Canadian MPs. It's true. <laughs> a woman who served in the army. A woman who competed for her country in the Paralympics. This is a good woman, right? 
I saw a couple of clips of her speaking. It's a good lady. It's a proper lady. Just give me a fucking stairlift, will you? You know, at the very least you could do. I, I, I'm not a whinger. If I could pay for it myself, I would. Christine, ha- have you considered just popping your own clogs like? Have you considered just shuffling off this mortal coil and just fucking off and leaving us alone like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was training back in 1989, she hurt her back. But she was in the Paralympics in 2016. She was in the Invictus Games with Earl Harry and Megan. Fair play to her. She won a gold medal as a para-canoeist. This is a woman, this is a go-getter, you know. This is a woman full of life. I'm not going to allow my disability ruin my life. I'm going to take part in things. I love people like this. I met many people like this years ago when, when, when my family was volunteering with the Irish Wheelchair Association. Amazing people. I used to feel so ashamed. The things I used to complain about, you know. People that get up and go. I'm not going to, I'm not going to leave, you know, I'm not going to just die, die, die down, lie down under this. No. There's Christine. Give us a stair lift. Listen, you've asked this a hundred times. Do you, do you ever think about killing yourself? Fucking hell. Uh, Justin Trudeau, who's all for the euthanasia plans, um, said that what happened to Christine is absolutely unacceptable. Now, in light of what Christine said, a number of people came forward in Canada. People with mental health issues, God loved them, uh, sometimes severe depression, anxiety issues. They came forward and their families came forward to say that they were offered the same alternative. I mean, you know I, you know I don't know what I am because I don't. I used to cross myself every time I walked past the church when I was a younger man out of habit. And until I was probably 21, once in a blue moon I'd go to a mass. Is there anything to be said for another mass? I So I'd go to a mass, right? I gave up then. I would have described myself as an atheist. These days I don't know. So I say agnostic even though I don't know what's going on. So, so I'm not a Christian. I'm not an evangelical Christian. But I have a lot of respect for Christian people. I always have had. So I'm not coming from a place of Bible bashing here. This is fucking satanic, isn't it? I mean, isn't it? And again, it's not for effect here. This isn't sensationalism. I mean, this can't be just Egypt's like. There was a time when I would have explained this away by just saying Egypt's like. These are fucking Egypt's that you would say to a woman uh, who's asking for a stair lift. How could you not say, I tell you what, Christine, no matter what, I'm going to get you that stair lift. If I have to kill people in this office, if I have to do a fun run, we're getting you the stair lift. You, you served your country and you won medals in, in canoeing and in the Paralympics. How do you get to, tell you what, Christine, uh, do you fancy killing yourself by any chance? And then we can just, uh, we can just, we can just kind of cross you off the list. Satanic. Help me out here. What else could you describe? So a lot of people came forward and said, yeah, this is going on. 10,000 people last year. 10,000. 10,000. How many of them were told that their illness was terminal as opposed to people who just said they've had enough of life? That's what I'd love to know. And we should be extremely interested in this, in this country. Because MPs 
in this country will open an, an inquiry into assisted dying legislation next year, early next year. They've tasked the Health and Social Care Committee with looking into the role that medical staff might play in assisting patients who wish to die in this country. Now, according to the Times earlier this week, or last week, I can't remember, this week, I think, um, the committee, the Health and Social Care Committee, will also consider how to prevent coercion and also the criteria for eligibility for access to these services, to assisted dying services. But there was an amazing comment left at the end of the article in the Times by a gentleman called Sojourner. So that's his handle, Sojourner, right? He said, this is one of the main issues with allowing assisted suicide to be lawful. He says, the fact that in Canada, the criteria for qualifying for it has gotten easier each year. Once the main moral benchmark is breached, whether to make it a assisted suicide lawful in the first place, there is no logic to sticking to an arbitrary moral level temporarily agreed upon, as that level will itself be challenged by others who think that it is too restrictive and too limiting. And he says mental as well as physical illness has been drawn into the scope of assisted dying. Very dangerous ground, says this commenter on the Times website, which will lead to actions never thought likely at the outset. And I thought about last year, I thought about an article that I posted on richieallen.co.uk last year on this very day, would you believe, on the 7th of December 2021. And that was news that Dr. Philip Nitschke, Dr. Philip Nitschke, developed a 3D printed suicide pod, which is operational. Something that can be printed using a 3D machine. A suicide pod that can be taken around from place to place. And people would sit in it they would close the hatch over themselves and whenever they felt like pressing a button the pod would dispense nitrogen into the air and the person would die from hypoxia and hypocapnia but they would die a blissful death, a suicide pod. You'll find that article on the website last year. Thoughts on this richieallen.co.uk I used to debate when I was on the radio in Spain with a lovely woman who has since passed away called Margot MacDonald. Margot was a member of the Scottish Parliament and she was a long-time campaigner for assisted dying laws to be introduced in Scotland but in the UK as well. And I took the contrary position and I argued with her and she was a lovely woman and she would listen patiently and then she would come back at me and, and give me difficult arguments for me to you know she made it very difficult for me to to hold my own with her because she would say motor neuron disease or you know some of these terribly debilitating things who are you Richie to tell me that I shouldn't be able to say right the time is nearly up I'm going to check out on my own terms and I would try to make the arguments made by the guy writing at the bottom of the piece in the times that the criteria will change and it will become easier 
and eventually coercion will become easier. But I was uh, a less skilled, not that I'm skilled now, uh, less skilled um, moderator of a debate than at that particular time. But thoughts on this to richieallen.co.uk. It's 26 minutes past six. Back with more in a moment. It's a Wednesday's programme. Jeepers, I nearly, just very nearly said Tuesday again. I don't care that I played this last week. I've been listening to this a lot lately. I love this song. It's Lou Rawls. Lady Love. Lady Love. Lady Love, Lou Rawls, 29 and a half minutes past six. Ah, Jean Ann Crowley loves uh, quoting Shakespeare in my direction because I, of course, was a student of the Bard. She's uh, quoted Hamlet at me. She says, oh, that the good Lord had not fixed his cannon against self-slaughter. And I'm not showing off. But because I studied Hamlet for my leaving certificate, I do remember quite a bit of that soliloquy. Hamlet determining that um, it, you know, he would be condemning his soul to hell if he was to take his own life. So angst-ridden was he at the time. Oh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt, thaw and resolve itself into a Jew, or that the everlasting had not fixed his cannon against self-slaughter. Oh God, oh God, how weary, stale, flat and unprofitable seem to me all the uses of this world. And that's all I remember. Remember that, yeah. I remember lots of Shakespearean quotes. In the most high and palmy state of Rome, a little ere the mightiest Julius fell. The graves stood tenantless, and the sheeted dead did squeak and gibber in the Roman streets. But I can't remember who said that. But the, the quote meant, as far as I remember, well I know it meant, I know what it meant. It meant that before things get a bit mad, we, 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 we often see the supernatural. Supernatural things often happen around about the time of great change, but not great change. Some change, some foreboding you know, a sense of foreboding, some, some, some not so nice, some terrible change coming in the most high and palmy state of Rome, yeah. Yeah, I did Julius Caesar for the intermediate certificate, which is long gone. And uh, I did Hamlet for the leaving cert. She's also mentioned, as Jean Anne, that, uh, isn't it interesting, in the film Cocoon, which starred Brian Denny, it starred Steve Guttenberg, it starred Don Amici, I think, Olympia Dukakis is in it, correct me if I'm wrong. What a film Cocoon was. What a beautiful film. Brian Denny is an alien. And uh, this is some radio show, this isn't it? I bet you're glad you support this. Yeah, I'm really getting my bang. I'm really getting bang for my £3 a month now, Richie. You're talking about fucking movies instead of the news. But uh, Cocoon. Brian Denny is an alien and they have some of their fellow aliens. They're from... What's the name of the planet in Cocoon? Is it Tartaria or something like that? Tartaria. Antaria. It's Antaria. And some of some Antarians are in cocoons at the bottom of the sea. And they've been there for God knows how long. These aliens that look like aliens, right? Inside the cocoons. And Brian Dennehy comes down from Antaria. And these are benevolent, lovely aliens. And he rents a house and it's got a swimming pool. And he 
releases some life force from his wrist into the pool because they want to go and get the cocoons from the sea, put the cocoons into the pool, and the life force will preserve the cocoons until they can be taken back to their original planet. Problem is, there is an old folks' home next door. Some of the oldies find out that there's a pool. Why not? There's nobody using it. We're old people. We're not going to vandalise it. So in they go. Wilford Brimley is in it. What an actor. What an actor. Think Our House, Wilford Brimley. And think The Firm. He plays Bill DeVasher in The Firm with Tom Cruise, the evil security guard. Anyway, so the oldies realise that there's a pool. So in they go to swim. And the life force starts working on the senior citizens. And they become rejuvenated. They can do things they couldn't do for 25 or 30 years. They can run. They can walk without the aid of a walking stick. They can make love. They'd stopped making love because they were too old. And, the, of course, the, the aliens find out. All the spoilers in the world right here, I don't care. But they're, they're lovely aliens. They say, look, don't tell anybody else. But in the end, other old people find out. Seniors. And eventually the aliens go back to Ontario. But they bring the original seniors who found the pool with them. I should have done Jack and Ori. I mean, you couldn't have done it any better on the BBC. Jack and Ori there. 24 minutes to the top of the hour. Cocoon is beautiful. And there was a sequel which wasn't quite as good, but it was good enough. If you haven't seen it, it's a beautiful film for Christmas. Might give you a bit more respect for your elders. Or it might not. You might think they're a bunch of freeloading bastards. Depends on your perspective, really. It's uh, The Richie Allen Show. It's Wednesday, the 7th of December, 2022. I'm speaking to you alone today because a guest cried off late on. But that's okay. I don't mind that. I don't mind. I like joying with you. I'm trying to reload the website again. This is getting tedious now. Good website. That'll teach me to write an article about Andrew Bridgen, eh? And get a lot more attention to the website than it ordinarily receives. That's what's happened, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Um, that's Andrew Bridgen telling Rishi Sunak this is big news and in the regular commercial news programmes they would repeat the same story five times in a two hour show so I'm going to do it again in a minute the Tory MP Andrew Bridgen told the Conservative Party leader and the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak today around about 25 past 12 he said the mRNA jabs are causing more death and they are causing more injuries and they have done in 18 months more than the other jabs have caused in 50 years. Yeah, yeah. I believe the jabs are effective and safe, says Rishi Sunak. Lucy says, <clears throat> I remember you playing a parliament discussion around travel restrictions, um, but if you were travelling to Dignitas, it was okay, says Lucy. Did I play a clip like that? I don't remember. You suggested bringing skis and changing your mind about the dying thing. Did I? Sounds like something I might say, Lucy. But, uh, wow. Did somebody say that? Back in the height of lockdown. You can't leave the country. But it's alright if you want to go to Dignitas. You know, you're doing your bit for, for, for net zero. That's it. I wonder how many young people will decide enough's enough. I wonder if they start making it easier and easier and easier to commit suicide in this country. I wonder how many younger men and women, let's not mock them I've mocked them enough and I regret mocking them as much as I have done because I do believe that they are victims of psychological warfare, right? But how many young people might think ah, oh, fuck this, I'll do my bit What? 
What's that you said there, Rupert? I'll do my bit. I'm going to the suicide pod. Think of the CO2. Think of the carbon footprint that I won't be creating. Tell you who, Rupert. You'll be remembered. I wonder. I wonder. Chris the Gardener. Hello, Chris the Gardener. I'm not surprised at all by the upsurge in people choosing to be euthanized, he says, by their governments. That's kind of what it's, what's been happening for the last two years with the jabs, isn't, isn't it, he says. Up to a point. Isabel says, Rich, you're a mad thing. You can remember Shakespearean quotes, but you can't remember today's date. Ha ha, says Isabel. Of course I could have cheated and I could have Googled it and I could be pretending to remember it. But no, that wouldn't be true. I, I do remember that. I can say it again. Oh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt so and resolve itself into a Jew or that the everlasting had not fixed his cannon against self-slaughter. Oh God, oh God. How weary, stale, flat and unprofitable. You see? You just have to trust me that I've just not opened the Google page again. Jenny says, I love Hamlet. Wonderful play. Just have to add that I love the film Cocoon, but don't ever, ever watch the sequel. It's dreadful. It isn't, it isn't. It's not that bad, Jenny. Stop. Tom Heaney says, if I have to kill people in this office, if I have to do a fun run, I'll get you that stair lift. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus, Tom, huh? Tom, can you believe it? I, I read the piece in the Mail Online today. I cross-referenced it with some articles in Canada. Yes. Yes, this woman. And I'm not virtue signalling here. I'm not pretending to be some crusader for the disabled. I'm not. Jesus, I'm not. I treat disabled people just like I treat everybody else. You're either nice or you're not. I couldn't give a shit about your disability. You know, I'm glad that I'm able-bodied. I wouldn't like to be disabled. And by, by saying I don't give a shit about it, I don't mean that. Of course, I don't give a shit about it. What I'm saying is I don't see you as a disabled person. I just see you as a person, as a bloke. Maybe that's because I had a lot of exposure to people with disabilities when I was a young boy. But uh, imagine... Guys, I've contacted the office now for a couple of years. I can't get by without a stairlift. Tell you what, Christine. <laughs> you know, do you not think you'd be better off dead, love? And we can make that happen. Jesus Christ. Bruce says the sacredness... Excuse me if that offends, by the way. The sacredness of human life is a mental construct introduced and upheld by religion and law and politics, and abused for the most part by these three institutions. In nature, you and I are no more relevant than any other creature, which is why these crazy evil fucks, says Bruce, need to swing. No big deal, no big loss. I'm with you up until the execution part of it. You know I don't agree with that, Bruce, but thanks, buddy. Ang Angus or Angus says, how come there's a big issue with executing prisoners in the States with lethal injection, but suddenly it becomes easy to do elsewhere? Thanks, Angus. Joan says, Richie, here in Chinada, as we call it, it is getting worse by the day. Trudeau gave evidence at the Commission on the Truckers' Convoy, and he lied through his teeth, and nothing happens. All a show. Assisted suicide is a real thing for sure. I have heard, says Joan, that at some point kids will be able to decide if they want to die. Joan, I don't want to believe that. I have come across this claim on several independent media websites. I don't want to believe that. By children, are we saying that the Canadian authorities will attempt to make it legal for 17-year-olds to do it? Do we consider 17-year-olds to be children? Under the law, I'm not sure. They can't be giving children the option. 
Joan says, so you take your child into the doctors with, say, depression, for example, and they don't come out, says Joan. Elizabeth says, the Netherlands allows euthanizing from age one since 2020. Before then, it was 12 and upwards. My mother's best friend opted for the procedure. She had cancer. She called my mum the day before to say goodbye. But then she called again the day of the euthanasia, which floored my mother. And it took her a while to recover from the shock as she thought her friend had already died. 20 years later, she still talks about it, says Elizabeth. Dutch great-aunt had the procedure. It's a very slippery slope, says Elizabeth. That is kind of funny and macabre, isn't it? Fantastic. Fantastically macabre, you could say. I'm going to take my own life. The cancer is very late stage. So goodbye, old friend. Goodbye, I'm going to miss you. Next day, brrr, I bet you answer. Tis me! Oh, God. Wow. Paul Riley says 50% off buy one suicide and get another free. Sponsored by the Department of Menticide. Imagine that, Paul. If the suicide pods were rolled around, you know, rolled out and, and were available in communities. And it, and maybe maybe the fee was £150, maybe, for you to sit in there, press the button and get blasted by nitrogen. The uh, laughing gas, yeah. Yeah, 150 But this Friday, it's buy one, get one free. Jesus. Mad. Garrett says, has anyone seen a documentary called Exit from Brexit? The Joe Cox departure? I haven't. I know who made it and I don't uh, I don't tend to watch his his films. But uh, that being said, people should watch what they like. Leslie said, with all the mental health problems coming down the tube from the bullshite from the last three years, it is no wonder the government is looking to bring in legal euthanasia. It's another part of the plan to reduce the world's population, in my opinion. <coughs> Excuse me. Darren says, Sunak ended his response with, this is to Andrew Bridgen, by the way. Listen, this must be played again and again and again. Let's have a listen to it. It's only a few seconds. It's not going to kill you. Shut up about it. Shut up. I said, listen. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, there have been more reported deaths and adverse reactions uh, following mRNA vaccination in 18 months than there has been to every uh, conventional vaccine administered worldwide for the last 50 years. And given that mRNA vaccines are not recommended for pregnant women or those who are breastfeeding, would my right honourable friend overturn the big pharma-funded MHRA's recent recommendation that these uh, experimental vaccines are administered to children as, as young as six months of age? Yeah. The jobs are killing more people than all the other jobs combined over a 50-year period. Will you reverse the decision to give the vaccine, which was, which was approved by the pharma-funded MHRA, will you reverse the decision to give it to children, the experimental vaccine? And some bint, and that's putting it kindly, some woman, some bint, some piece of ass, unlikely, unlikely, the, the, the state of most of them. And I know I, I can look in the mirror. I know what I look like. Um, some bint cried out, tin file hat. He's right. There have been more reports of death and injury about these jobs than any other job in history, you can say. 
It's not a lie. It's not a tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. And the answer from the Prime Minister today was this. Uh, well, well, Mr Speaker, let me first say that I believe COVID vaccines are indeed safe and effective. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but, and no, no... Jesus. Uh, I wonder was... I mean, I don't know. I mean, we all know about uh, thalidomide, don't we? But I don't remember reading about too many parliamentary questions, debates about thalidomide. I wonder, was it something similar? Were, were politicians saying, listen, thalidomide is leading to babies being born with all manner of problems, deformities and illnesses and, and stuff. I wonder were people shouting tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist at them back then? Probably not. I don't know. Help me out. 14 and a half minutes to the top of the hour. Beryl says, thanks for posting the link to the article, Richie. There is nothing reported here in Canada in the mainstream media. It's an excellent in-depth article. That's about the, the, that's the Daily Mail's article, Tom Leonard, which I posted. She's referring, as Beryl, to the article about euthanasia in Canada. 10,000 people last year. Over 3% of total death, deaths in Canada. Can you believe it? No reporting, she says. The Daily Mail article is excellent. Our governments want to kill us, she says. In the UK, it's midazolam slash morphine. In the US, it's remdesivir. It's intubation. In Canada, it's medical assisted dying. Next year, says Beryl, they're also trying to pass the right to choose death for mature minors. Silent green, anyone asks Beryl. Yeah, yeah. Funny thing is, Beryl, and you know this, I don't have to tell you this, I started off doing these types of radio programmes back in 2010. This type of programme. Uh, I did radio way before that. So I'm at this type of programme now for about 12 years. I do remember learned men and women coming on shows back in the Spain days predicting this was coming and that it was coming around about now. And they were called wacky, crazy conspiracy theorists. Mad. Spiro is on Twitter, by the way, tweeting about these things. He's at Spiro underscore ghost. Follow him on Twitter, at Spiro underscore ghost. You can see um, tweets and articles about the horrible situation in New Zealand where the court has appointed itself as guardian over the baby that um, the baby's parents, the boy's parents wanted it to have a blood transfusion that the baby needs but wanted the, 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 the blood to come from an unvaccinated person. Court reckons the parents are crazy and have taken possession of the baby until the surgery has been carried out. That's horrendous, isn't it? Horrendous. Horrendous. Oh, God. I don't know what to say about that. What would you do if you, were in the, if, you, if you were in the position of the parents? What could you do? What could you do? Nothing, I suppose. To, you know, you, you lose your temper. You, 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 you lash out at somebody and you'll probably never see the child again. It's a, a rigged game, dear listener. And it's stacked in their favour at the moment. Time now approaching 11 minutes to the top of the hour. There isn't any World Cup football until Friday. 
when the quarterfinals commence. England, of course, play on Saturday night. There is a bit of excitement in these parts about that. They have France in the quarterfinal at 7 o'clock UK time on Saturday evening. I think I probably will allow myself a cold beer or three and, uh, and watch it. Let me go back into the comments. There's a lot of comments. A lot of comments. Hang on a second there now. Let me scroll up there now. Okie doke. Yeah. Still scratching my head when I read that article this morning. The one that Beryl referred to. Tom Leonard's piece. I'm still scratching my head. You can't make it up, can you? I need a stair lift. I'm not, I'm not over-egging this pudding. You couldn't. I need a stair lift. Why don't you kill yourself? What? Did you just tell me to kill myself? No, 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 genuinely. I can put you in touch with maid. Maid, yeah, assisted dying will get you sorted now. Get your arrangements done for you and everything. Craig says, so few seem to realise that vaccines are simply an industrial product, just like asbestos, which was known at the time to cause significant negative health problems. And that information was likewise buried for financial reasons. It is rinse and repeat, says Craig. That's a good point. I didn't need to make the analogy when it came to, to solidamide. If Craig's right, could have mentioned asbestos. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if arguments were had in parliaments around the world years ago. Hey, this asbestos stuff will kill people if it gets into their lungs. You crazy bastard. As the politicians were taking brown envelopes from the building trade, maybe. I don't know. He made he made he made another point, Craig, about the in 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 the UK. <clears throat> Craig says our governments are already allowing children to consent to vaccinations and so-called transition therapy. Why not assisted dying as well? I think Craig is reminding us of Gillick competence. Am I right in saying that? Is it Gillick competence? Is that the standard they use to determine if a child fully understands the nature of the decision? when he or she agrees to be jabbed. I think it's Gillick competence, isn't it? It's a Gillick competence test. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Some news there today. You know, the horrifying thing for me is Bridgen says this, and not a single news outlet in the UK will report tomorrow that a Conservative MP has claimed that the jabs... They are pushing people to take this winter. Have killed, allegedly, reportedly, and injured more people than the previous conventional jabs did in a 50-year period. This is headline news stuff, you know. Back in the days when I was producing commercial talk radio, I would have missed that because my programme ended at 12 noon. So I would have been saying to my presenter, holy shit, we're going to be all over this tomorrow. A TD, as we call them in Ireland, has said the jabs are possibly killing lots of people. Let's get him on, for a start, and let's get some people on from the other side. Let's make this the bulk of our show tomorrow. This won't be discussed tomorrow anywhere. Just won't be. Won't be in the papers. The only place you'd hear about this is on this radio show. Today. When I put it on Twitter today, when I put it on Facebook, incidentally, Facebook deleted it. Shower of bastards. I mean, look, that's not, that's not news anyway. It isn't anything that's shocking that Facebook deleted it. I mean, I effectively published verbatim a conversation between a backbench MP and the Prime Minister 
and Facebook deleted it, saying that it is misinformation that could cause physical harm. The headline says, MP tells Sunak MRNA jabs breaking records for deaths and adverse events. That's a fact. The MP did say that to Sunak. In the article, I posted the transcript. Facebook said that could cause physical harm, and if I do it again, they'll shut down the Facebook page, which, which isn't mine. Uh, the Richie Allen Show Facebook page is, doesn't belong to me, I don't run it. A very good friend of mine whose real name is something other than Raj, but it is Raj. Uh, Raj is the name he uses. A good, a good friend of mine put it on there because he realised that when the original Facebook page was deleted, and that had tens of thousands of followers, the original one, not that that's any big deal, it's not about boasting about followers, but it did, it had a lot of followers, and I would post the show on there and stuff, but that was deleted for misinformation, but Raj said, I'll put another one up, because some people do look for the show page to pick up the actual show itself. And I said to Raj, fill your boots, do what you want. And he gave me the password to it, to his own Facebook account, effectively. So I don't give a shit whether whether they delete it or not. But that's the the element of the tyranny. That's the the levels of tyranny, you see. And Jean Anne has come back to me to say, regarding thalidomide, I think it was only when the Sunday Times, Harry Evans, the editor, ran the story that the politicos woke up and Jean Anne's got an amazing brain and a memory. I wouldn't um I couldn't tell you who broke it in Ireland, but Jean Anne is right because she's never wrong really when it comes to this sort of stuff. So Harry Evans broke it in Ireland and politicians had to get off their arses and start to think about doing something about it. Yeah. Yeah. And there are senators in Australia, MPs in Westminster, openly now saying these jabs are possibly deadly. Not possibly. They are certainly deadly for some people in the short term. And the Prime Minister can stand there with that stupid head on him and those FA Cup outsized fucking ears on the side of his head with his billionaire wife bankrolling him. He can say, as far as I'm concerned, the jabs are effective and they are safe. It is true, I swear by, if there is an almighty God, I mean it when I say, I wouldn't physically harm them, I would exile them. I do mean that. And I will condemn violence against anybody, including these people. But I do sometimes lie awake fantasising about them running down the mall at top speed with a crowd of people carrying pitchforks golf clubs, baseball bats, hurleys, fucking tennis rackets chasing them. Into the Thames. Chase them into the fucking Thames. All of them. Liars and murderers. Traitors. They want to shut that down as well. They want to put you in prison. I mean this, in this country, for calling a politician a traitor. They're going to legislate for that next year. But what else are they? Only traitors. When they know that the Pfizer dropped documents are out there talking about the lies told during the trials, the lies told when the jabs were rolled out. They know this stuff. And when a man stands up and says these jabs are possibly killing lots and lots of people, they call him a tin file hat wearing lunatic. That was Thursday's Richie Allen show. 
it was Wednesdays. I'm definitely going to have a scan on my fucking brain. I'll see you tomorrow, the usual time, at 5 o'clock UK time for Thursday's programme. I have some interesting guests lined up for you tomorrow. Until then, closing out with Lisa Stansfield. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. I don't know where my baby is. It's Wednesday. But I'll find him somewhere. Thanks for listening, folks. Bye. I've got it in